Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday Wednesday and Friday morning podcast. It is Friday, folks. Happy Friday. We've made it through another week. It's another week closer to the NFL draft. It's another week closer to Steelers football, even if it's just OTAs, mini camps, and things like that. But it is Friday, so we all should take a deep breath in. Ah, we did it. Congratulations. Thank you for spending a part of your Friday with me. A quick reminder that BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And our podcast network, and I say that intentionally. We have at least three new podcasts our day, Monday through Friday. We've got a couple, sometimes three on the weekends. Wherever you get your podcasts, there's Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. That we're everywhere you get your podcasts, like Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Those last two, Apple Podcasts, Spotify users, give us a five-star rating it helps in the algorithm. In other words, if someone searches Steelers, the more five-star ratings you have, the higher you are in those search results. So it does help, and it's absolutely free, and I want to thank you all. Something else I want to say before I get started with the podcast today is a little bit of numbers. Every now and then, I will share some numbers that we have on our podcast network, and it has really exploded. Uh, we, we kind of started to take it a little bit more serious back in 2020. Uh, that was when we kind of said, okay, let's see what we can do here. Now, in 2020, 
we finished the year just shy of 2 million downloads for the entire year. And at the time, we were just unbelievably ecstatic, stoked about it. I mean, we were just so pumped. Myself, Brian Anthony Davis, Dave Schofield, all the other people that podcast, but the three of us are really the brain trust of this project and this operation. Now, in 2021... Well, things ramped up. It was great. It was really, really great. And it, on May 27th of 2021, we got to 1 million downloads. And we thought, wow, this is incredible. Because when you think about it, in 2020, we didn't even get to 2 million downloads. And we got to 1 million already in May. It's pretty awesome, right? Well, now you fast forward to 2022. And here we are, April 1st. But we rolled over 2 million downloads before April 1st. I'll say that again. We eclipsed our entire 2020 year in three months. It, I, I say that it with a 100% gratitude to a couple people. First, the brain trust that I talked about, Brian Anthony Davis and Dave Schofield. Uh, this has become, the podcast network has become like its own job, its own entity, and it does take a lot of work. And we do spend a lot of time on it, but it's paying off. I want to also thank all the podcasters out there, the people that are new to the podcast network, whether it's guys like Kyle Christ and Greg Benevent and the What Yin's Talking About guys, whether it's Kevin Tate and We Run the North. It it doesn't matter who. Every single person that puts even an ounce of energy and effort into this project, I want to say thank you. And then most importantly, I want to thank you, the listener. Clearly, we're doing something that you like. And clearly, you all are doing your part in telling others about it, which is fantastic. Just just uh, Thursday on Twitter, I saw that uh, a guy that listens to all of our podcasts, he's a big supporter, he's met Dave Schofield at Heinz Field, his name is, we call, you call him Steelers Tank, he was listening to a podcast, someone heard it, they're like, oh, you listen to the Steelers, he shared the information, boom, we're now in someone else's ears, someone else's car, someone else's headphones, AirPods, whatever, it's awesome. You all are doing a fantastic job. My ride or die career is the best. I say that every single show, and I do mean it. But thank you from the bottom of my heart. The, the, these numbers, we we never even dreamt they would be possible, and yet here we are. So thank you very much. And what a great way to start our Friday show. And what a, what better way also to our, on our Friday show, outside of Blue Check Beck joining me in the second half, is talking about quarterbacks. And you might say, Jeff, didn't you just talk about quarterbacks? I did. I did just talk about quarterbacks. Uh, and that was on Monday, the best case scenario for the Steelers quarterback room. You can go back and check that out. And that's why I kind of talked about the different tiers of quarterbacks, both uh, you know, in the NFL draft, the, that prospect pool. Uh, I talked about, you know, do the Steelers, should they, do I think they should draft a quarterback in the first round or do I want them to, to pass on that? I wanted to go in a different direction. And this stems from a question that was asked for me on Wednesday. And I don't know why this question stuck with me. It stuck in my brain for some reason. And so I was sitting, I'm thinking about, okay, what do I want to talk about on Friday? And I just couldn't get this question out of my head. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do the first half on it. Uh, I'm probably going to ask Michael Beck about this in the second half. But I wanted to get this off my chest. And I wanted to answer the question. And that is, the question being, is the Steelers quarterback position really an open competition? That's the question. That's the, that's the crux of this podcast is, is it really an open competition between Mitchell Trubisky, Dwayne Haskins, Mason Rudolph, not in that order particularly, and maybe anyone else that they bring in? And so when I was thinking about this, and I answered this on Wednesday, but you have to remember that when I answer questions on the mailbag, a lot of times I'm literally holding my phone or I'm looking at Twitter on my desktop and I am reading them and answering them at the moment that I am actually recording. 
It is a one-take thing. It is not a, okay, I need to stop and research this. I need to stop and think about this. Uh, it's one take. And so I thought about this more, and I said, I, I can make a case for both that it is an open competition, and I can make a case that it's not an open competition. So that's what I decided to do. You know, I, I put on my lawyer cap, and I said, I'm going to be the lawyer for both the case for and the case against when it comes to this quarterback competition. Is the job even open? So let's talk about the case for the job being open. The job being open for grabs, up for grabs, as, as I should say, Let's start off with the fact that the Steelers didn't sell big to get a quarterback. They didn't do what the Denver Broncos did. They didn't do what the Cleveland Browns did, and that is sell the proverbial farm to get a quarterback, a name, a big-name quarterback. They didn't do that. That tells me that they're not 100% sold, and they don't have that stock into that one player. So it could be an open competition. Second thing. The contract for Mitch Trubisky is not a big deal. It's not a big deal in terms of length in only two years. It's not a big deal in terms of salary cap hit, very incentive-laden contract. That means that the Steelers don't even owe him a lot of money, and nor do they owe him the amount of money that they would feel obligated to have him be that guy. So that's the second thing. The third thing in the final, I did three for each. You look at the deals between these quarterbacks, the three that are on the roster right now. So Mitch Trubisky, two-year deal, incentive-laden, just talked about it, not a big cap hit. Mason Rudolph's only counting for $5 million, one-year deal. Uh, I think Dwayne Haskins is around $3 million, one year. These are very similar contractual terms and figures when it comes to the quarterback position. All are extremely low risk. So in that regard, they're similar. They are similar. So all three of these are cases for the job being open, that it is not Mitch Trubisky's job. It is an open competition, may the best quarterback win. So let's recap my case that I made for the job being open. Number one, they didn't sell big to get a quarterback. Number two, Trubisky's deal does not have them feeling obligated to have him be that guy. And third, They have similar deals of all three quarterbacks that are all pretty high pedigree, all have some experience in the National Football League. Some would say it's a good problem to have. Some say if you have more than one quarterback, you don't have one. That depends on you personally. But those are the three three factors that I put out there in making my case for the job being open. Now, let's go to the other side of the docket. I'm going to switch, go over to the other desk. And now I'm going to make a case why it's not an open competition. And then after this, we're going to go through and we're going to kind of come to conclusion. So the first thing is that if they liked what they had in the organization, and by that I mean Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins, well, they never would have brought in Mitchell Trubisky anyways. You think about it from this perspective. So if the Steelers were a team and an organization that felt, you know, we gave that one-year contract to Mason Rudolph and it was an extension of his rookie contract – We're going to be able to bring Dwayne Haskins back on the cheap. We think those two guys could be good enough for the 2022 season if have to be, if we have to go that route. And so we're good. Maybe we'll draft a guy, but we're good with what we have if we don't get that guy. They didn't do that. They had to bring in Mitch Trubisky for a reason. So they think about that. Number two, the interest they've shown in the NFL draft class of quarterbacks 
it's just another blow to the the people that are already on that were already on the roster. Again, Haskins and Rudolph. It's a situation when you look at it from that perspective. The Steelers showing that much interest in a Malik Willis, that much interest in a Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, uh, Matt Coral. I could go on Kenny Pickett, who is right next door at Pitt, but still. The interest in the NFL draft class, again, is another blow, in my opinion, to the quarterbacks that they already had in-house. Because if, if, if they, again, it kind of bleeds back into that first uh, case point, which is if they like what they had, why would they even go out and get, get Mitch Trubisky? It just doesn't add up. The last one is that when you look at Rudolph's one-year extension, what does that say to him? Now, sure, Mason Rudolph's been very public and said, I'm finally getting the chance to compete for a starting job. Since he was drafted out of Oklahoma State, he's always been behind Ben Roethlisberger, and this would be the first opportunity. But the Steelers could have said, hey, we want to give you a two-year extension. We like what we've seen. We've seen a good bit of you in practice. We've seen you practice almost every Wednesday, sometimes Thursdays. We've seen enough that, hey, we want to give you a two-year extension. We think you're going to be able to really showcase what you're capable of. They didn't do that. They gave him a one-year extension. A one-year extension does not really scream confidence and trust and faith from the organization. And so, again, you look at the, the case against it not being open competition. And if they like what they had, they wouldn't have brought him in. The interest in the NFL draft class at quarterbacks, and then also that one-year contract extension to me just speaks volumes about they just viewed Mason Rudolph as an insurance policy and nothing more. If things go bad, we've got Mason. We know what he can do. He's not the guy, but it's something. That's what it's That's what it said to me personally. So when I look at the case for and the case against, let's draw some conclusions. To me, in my opinion, it's an open job only if Mitch Trubisky sucks it up. And I'll say that again. It is only considered an open job if Trubisky goes out there, and I'm talking training camp practices. You could go back to OTAs if you want especially training camp in the preseason, if he just does not look like he has it, he's not grasping the offense, he's not able to accurately deliver the ball, he's not really the guy that everyone thought he would be, especially in the Matt Canada offense, only in that circumstance and in that scenario, in my opinion, is this an open job. Otherwise, even if they draft a quarterback, it's Mitch Trubisky's job on day one. You know, you you always have... Mike Tomlin, he has a way with words, and he said it is competition, quote-unquote. And they're going to have a competition. To me, that's just lip service. You're not going to say, hey, Mitch, it's your job. Go go out there and have some fun. And you're not going to say that based on the fact that when you figure everything out, you're looking at this and saying, well, no, we can't say that to Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins or any even a rookie if they draft a quarterback we need to have them all thinking that they have an even shot. I don't believe that for a second. Again, I think it's just lip service. So for me, to answer the question, to bring this all the way back to the start, is this really an open competition for the next Steelers quarterback? I think the answer is no. It is not. The only way is if Mitchell Trubisky stumbles, falls, struggles, then that opens the door for someone else. But if Trubisky comes out, He knows the offense. He's mobile. He didn't lose that mobility. He's able to throw on the run. He's accurate. He's decisive. That's exactly what the Steelers want, and it's his job. And it is his job. So that's just my opinion, though. My opinion on the matter. I don't think it's an open job at all. Let's get to some random Steelers thoughts here. 
And I guess some of these are NFL thoughts before we take a break and get Blue Check back on. Uh, so let's start with uh, I, this is a random, this is not really a thought, it's more of a statement. I can't stand the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Everyone's heard now the, the Bruce Arians retirement. And this guy, this is the second time in his career that he has been involved with some sketchy retirement of some kind. And it kind of makes me wonder, and to bring this back to the Steelers, everyone thought all oh, the Steelers said that Arians is retiring and then he doesn't retire and he goes to Indianapolis. What if Arians actually told the Steelers, hey, I think I'm going to retire. And then all of a sudden he gets another job opportunity and he takes it. And now the Steelers look horrible. Now the Steelers aren't the type of organization that's going to go out there and badmouth him. But still, what if? It, this kind of, to me, when I heard this, everyone was freaking out at Tom Brady once I'm gone. I could care less. I can't stand Tom Brady. I can't stand the Buccaneers now. It's like a soap opera down there. And with Bruce Arians, the first thing I thought of was, I feel like I've heard this story before. It does make you wonder. Things that make you go, hmm. Next, Jannard Avery. Now, I got, I'm got. i going to pump this up on Friday I think it's 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Jeffrey Benedict, our own Jeffrey Benedict of The Cutting Room Floor, as well as Know Your Enemy and The Curtain Call Podcast. Uh, He did a great film room on this new acquisition for the Steelers, the one-year deal for the linebacker, and what he could bring to the Steelers. And when I watched the film, because I edited the article and I got everything ready and scheduled it, all that stuff that I have to do as part of the job, I was watching the film, and I think this this player is versatile, and I love how Jeffrey tied in Brian Flores to this acquisition, and how he's a he's a guy that Flores is going to use in unique situations. And I'm going to have more on Flores on Monday. Keep that in mind. But still, check out that film room. Next, I was stunned the fan approval rating for the Steelers. So, an SB Nation, we're also part of uh, DraftKings as the official uh, betting book, whatever you want to call it. I mean, not every state has legalized gambling, but DraftKings and SB Nation are partners. And they do the, this DraftKings Reacts survey where you can sign up and you can go and every week they send you an email and it's a simple two-minute survey. Uh, it's like a, I think it's a survey monkey. It's something like that. It's like, hey, uh, do you approve of the Steelers and how's it going? They asked to grade how everyone thought the Steelers fan base thought the, 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 uh, fan, the free agency has gone so far. And it was like A's and B's, the vast majority. And I put this on Twitter, and a lot of people didn't get it because they don't understand my sarcasm, and I understand it's Twitter. I said, what world am I living in where the Steeler fans approve of what's going on? It's exciting times, I understand that, but still, the fan approval, people like what they're doing. I can't believe it. Color me stunned. Okay, the overtime rules. Now, if you listen to Thursday's Stat Geek with Dave Schofield and Jeffrey Benedict, they talked about, well, that's all they talked about was overtime rules. Uh, For me, I kind of agree with Mike Tomlin. The the, the more outlandish these things get with the, well, every quarterback needs to have a chance, the more I agree with Mike Tomlin. When Mike Tomlin said, you have 60 minutes to win the game, he's not scared of sudden death. I, I kind of agree. I kind of agree. And it, it's going to continue down this path until pretty much they're going to say, you're going to play a whole nother quarter if he goes to overtime in the postseason. And I don't think that's the way it should go. All right, last thing before we take a break. Did people forget about Trey Norwood? You know, all this safety talk. Everyone's freaking out about safeties. Edmonds, Matthew, all these other names. Everyone's, well, they don't have a safety. There's no safety. Oh, my goodness. Trey Norwood is still there. Now, I'm not suggesting that Trey Norwood is going to be a strong safety. I'm not. Please don't think that is it. But let's not forget that he's there. And let's not forget that Miles Killebrew is there. 
And let's not forget that the Steelers with Terrell Austin have a very unique outlook on some of these things. And they might be sitting there thinking, you know what? We could piece this together if we had to. We could piece this together if we had to. Just don't forget about Trey Norwood. All right, folks? Don't forget about that guy. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When I come back, Blue Check Pack's going to join me, but stay tuned to the end for a very special Heart to Heart. We'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back. It is Friday. It's the second half of the Let's Ride podcast, which means blue check back. Michael Beck joins us. Michael, what's going on? Oh, not too much. You know, I think last week we chatted a little bit about uh, if a safety wasn't signed by now uh, to, to just check on me, but I'm, I'm still doing okay. The, the names that I want are still out there, so I'm still hanging in there, Jeff. Okay, so we we can... I'm not going to call them off <clears throat> the bridge watchers, the ledge watchers. We're just going to put them on high, like, put them on high alert. Just say, be ready. Just be at the ready. But <laughs> how are you really feeling about this team? I mean, think about all the things that have happened. And, the, you know, as of Thursday, they just, they made the uh, Gennard Avery signing official. They also signed Carl Joseph to a one-year contract. Not that that moves the needle in any way, shape or form, but after all the things that have happened, all the signings, all the additions, how are you feeling about this team right now? I would love to tell you I'm feeling better than I actually am. But what makes it tough is how much movement there's been in the AFC. Like, like this conference is so good. Um, just looking at, just looking at it from the outside, having Mitch Trubisky at, at quarterback, like, like he's fine. I, I think he, he could be an upgrade of what we had last season. But still, the, there's so much talent in this conference. I still think the Steelers have had a really good offseason so far. Maybe another move or two, and. Uh, killing the draft and they can maintain their contender status, but there's still work to be done for them to like be true contenders still. So I, I, I'm not really, I'm not really trying to pinpoint them as anything right now, just because that work still has to be put in. Do you think it's possible in the modern NFL era to still win with a dominant running game, a quarterback that's just not going to kill you, but a, a really stifling defense. that's pretty good from top to bottom. Oh, that's a, that's a good question. I, I wish I could give you a straightforward answer to it. Like it might be a bit of a Dave answer, I guess, but <laughs> it like, it depends. Like the quarterback still has to be like pretty dang good. Like it just in today's era to go out there and have sub average quarterback play. I don't think you can do it with a quarterback. That's like ranks in the twenties or the, like mid twenties. I, like, I don't think it's possible just based on how the game's played and how you have to be reliant on putting up points. If you're reliant on the run game, if you're playing a team that can put points up at will, you got to match that. And, like, running game 
tough nose defense. It's just not built to, to score with that amount of efficiency as some of these offenses in the league. So you still need a good quarter. You still need to be able to, to go in there and win a gunfight with a, with another high powered offense. Yeah, I, I could definitely understand the sentiment that maybe it's not sustainable. I think you can win games that way. Yeah. I don't think that you could have long-term success with that. I agree. You need to have a quarterback that can throw the football and you need weapons on the outside, which brings me to my next question. As we sit here right now, which is the more glaring need in your opinion, secondary or or pass catchers? Oh, like I'm still going to stick with the my, my safety talk. It, it needs to get better. Like that, that hole is so glaring right now. At least at receiver, they have two guys that can do it, but it, it's not enough. Both receiver and safety need to be looked at. I think you need to find a starting caliber safety, and then you can bring in a, a decent amount of rookies that are talented or have some sort of intangibles that could lead them to develop into pieces as your number three and four option. So I, they're still better off at receiver, but by no means are they anywhere close to having an NFL-capable receiving room. Right. No, I, I agree. I, I think the secondary, and again, if the Steelers are going to be competitive in 2022, they're going to have to have that defense be as solid from top to bottom as they could possibly have. And they need that secondary to kind of complete that. Speaking of receivers, if, I don't know why, do you think that, do are you of the camp? I'm certainly not of the extend Deontay Johnson camp. No, I, I'm, I'm not there either. Um, I like, I, I like Deontay Johnson, but I've agreed with the Steelers philosophy of just, when receivers contracts come out, just let them go. Like the, the only ones that they've kept, like you think about it, it's like Antonio Brown. That, that's the guy that gets the second deal. The guy that's, you know, one of the best players in the league at the time, at least. But um, yeah, no, like for me, Deontay Johnson still has his fundamental drop issues. That, that's a problem. You, know, you, you cannot be okay with that. And like for right now, you need to give him another season. And like, I, I generally believe if he free agency next year, with a similar season to one he just had despite making the Pro Bowl, I think he'd find himself in a situation very similar to Juju Smith-Schuster where we expect a bigger market, but it just doesn't uh, like show up. I don't think he's a $16 million receiver. I, I really don't. I, I just don't understand these people that say you should go out and extend him now. I, I, I look at it from a financial standpoint and say, why would I do that? I have him yeah. really cheap on the fourth year of his rookie contract. He's going to play that thing out. And if he does really well, we'll give him a big deal and we'll keep him in Pittsburgh. And if he wants to go elsewhere, we've proven that we can, as an organization, we, we can obviously get the job done in the draft. But I just do not understand the people that are in that camp that say they need to extend him. There's more pressing needs. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick by far is the more yeah. pressing need to keep him happy, to keep him in Pittsburgh. That's extremely important. Um, but... Uh, I've asked this to Maddie Pever on Monday. I'm going to ask you as, as everything is kind of, you know, it's, we're, it's still an evolution this off season where we're still kind of moving through and, and figuring everything out. Yeah. Do you pick up Devin Bush's fifth year option? It's, it's a very expensive option. Like it's over 10 million bucks if I'm not mistaken. So yes, I, yeah, I'm not he's... doing it. I'm, I'm not picking up that option. Um, he needs to prove he, he can still go like last year. He wasn't good enough. I, I think we can all be uh, adults about it. I think even Devin Bush can be an adult about it. He wasn't good enough last year. So in that sense, no, he's going to wait. He's going to wait for an extension. And uh, sorry, kid, like that fifth year option is not, you're not getting it just flat out. Yeah, it is expensive because people have to remember that it's everything changed with the new collective bargaining agreement. 
Um, that's why Minka Fitzpatrick's fifth-year option was more expensive than Terrell Edmonds because Minka Fitzpatrick was slotted higher in the draft. He was drafted earlier. He was also an all-pro. He made Pro Bowls. All that adds to it. Um, and so Devin Bush doesn't have those accolades to his name, but he was a top 10 pick. So that's something to keep in mind. And I think that not, I, I don't know. I'll ask you this question. Was Miles Jack signing a two-year deal in a way, an insurance policy If the Steelers say, look, we're not signing this, but if he leaves via free agency, we have someone that can do that. Oh, absolutely. I think it is because he's still a very similar type of player to what Devin Bush is. And that's something we've kind of talked about when he was first signed, like, it didn't make too much sense because he is so similar to what Devin Bush is good at. And uh, their weaknesses are both pretty similar. So like in that sense, I, I think he absolutely could be a replacement level player. Um, so we'll have to wait to see where all that plays out, but I, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if it ended up being miles Jack with someone else there next year in more of a role that uh, Devin Bush was playing this year. Have you seen any of the reports? And I listened to it. Uh, Tim Benz of the Pittsburgh Tribune Review was filling in for Mark Madden on 105.9 The X in Pittsburgh. And he had a... Yeah, it wasn't Mark Madden. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Your buddy. Um, Oh, yeah. He he had a beat reporter from the Jaguars on to talk about Miles Jack. And this reporter spoke very openly about how he loved Miles Jack. He was a great guy, great individual in the community. But he talked about how every single coach that he's been with, from Doug Marone, even to the train wreck that was uh, Urban Meyer last year, wanted to yep. give him the green dot and have him be the leader on the defense. He said every single time he had that dot on his helmet, his play went the wrong way. He's a, he's a guy that you don't want him to have the dot. You want him to just be able to read and react and play. Have you heard, have you heard this at all? I, I actually have seen those reports. So, and that's the thing, though, that with me, I, I don't know if that's so much a big deal. Like, does he have to call the place? Like, is that absolutely 100% necessary? I don't think it is. Um, and if he does struggle with the dot, then why put him in a position to struggle? Like, I know Devin Bush has not historically worn that, but you still don't have to have your inside linebacker call. Like, ideally, I suppose, but there's nothing wrong with someone else uh, taking over the dot. Like, if a safety wants to do it, it's certainly possible. Defensive lineman, it'd be hard. Heck, maybe TJ just gets more responsibility on the outside and just turns the defense and sets them up. But I, I don't think it's as big a deal as, as some people are trying to make it out to be. So I, I'm not I'm not all too concerned about it. So yeah, I've never seen anyone on the on the defensive front have the dot. I've seen safeties, and we obviously know inside linebackers are the most common. Um, have you seen that done before though? Having a defensive lineman, whether that's you know TJ Watt lined up on the outside, he's still on the defensive front. Is that is that happen? I don't know if it has. Um, it, it, obviously, you want someone that's a little behind the line of scrimmage to like, like recall yeah. what's going yeah. on and make those calls. So, I, like, heck, it, it might have to fall on the secondary uh, to do that. And hey, the Steelers are still supposedly in the market for a strong safety, according to Jeremy Fowler. And that's just another reason why you should go out and try to get someone that's comfortable and one of the better players in this league, like a Tyron Matthew. Yes. His name popped up in another podcast for me, uh, <laughs> but you can have make it calling the secondary and Tyron Matthew calling the front. Like I, I could just totally see that working out. Yeah. And, and I, I I'm trying to stay away from that. Uh, the, just, I just don't know what's going to happen. It just seems weird. It's yeah. taking this long. I'm not too sure. Uh, speaking of though, let's assume, let, let's say that, Devin Bush is not on the team after 2022. They don't pick up his option. He leaves somewhere else. A lot of people are down on Buddy Johnson. 
They, they said, yeah, this guy's not it. He's not it. He's only a, he's going into his second year yeah. and he didn't play much as a rookie. And I know in a rookie class last season where a lot of rookies played, he did not see the field that much. He got injured towards the second half of the season. The question isn't so much about Buddy Johnson, but more, more along the lines of when you look at a rookie class, how many years do you give them to develop and potentially turn into something? Is it just a year? Do you need to see something in their rookie year? Or is there a player like Buddy Johnson who could take everything he's learned from his rookie year and come into camp looking really, really good in year two? Hey, I would point to, to Bud Dupree. Like, all of us wanted to label him the next Jarvis Jones after two, three seasons. Year four, he starts it, getting it going. Uh, year five, he turns into a, a real p- player. Then, what, uh, a year on the franchise tag, if I'm not mistaken, and he has his best season to date. So it, it, it's not the same path for every player. So, in like, I'm not saying Buddy Johnson's going to reach that level, but I'm not writing him off yet. Like, the guy still has some time to figure this thing out. Will he? It remains to be seen. Like, obviously, he didn't do anything in his first season. Uh, is that an issue? Absolutely. But it's still possible he can go out, turn things around, and be a better pro. And, again, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if that's what happens. I think fans need to think of one player who could kind of put this into perspective, and that is Zach Gentry. If you remember oh, yeah. when Zach Gentry was drafted, everyone was like, what is – he was a former quarterback turned tight end. He was thin. And then even his second year, he got hurt, comes into year three, and everyone's like, who is this guy? And the beat yeah. writers are writing about how he's changed his body type. He's considered a valuable asset to the team now. I want fans to remember that because it is possible for players to change and to mature, and this is not just a Buddy Johnson thing. I hope Buddy Johnson is the thumper that we all hope that he is, whether it's alongside Miles Jack, or whether it's alongside Devin Bush, doesn't matter. I hope it. But let me ask you another player that's going into year two and where you think he fits on this defense since we're talking about the defense. Trey Norwood. He's a guy that was a seventh-round draft pick out of Oklahoma. He played a lot of different positions for the Steelers. Everyone's talking about safety, and I'm not saying he should start, but I think he fits into this equation. Where do you think he fits? Yeah, I still think he's a solid dime back, and I I think he's someone that can play pretty much any spot in the secondary. So – I don't know if I'm going to just hold him to being a safety or a corner or a nickel, but I, th- I think he sees an expanded role with this team and he absolutely deserves it because he was a stud when the Steelers were actually able to play dime. The problem was teams just played them in a way that the Steelers couldn't play a lot of dime defense. So if the Steelers are actually able to run that more, I could see him thrive. I could also see him being becoming a, a primary backup of sorts um, at uh, other positions throughout the secondary i can see him being Mika's backup i can see him being just the, the pure backup for the safety spot and playing a big role in special teams i, I don't know if he's necessarily a starter right now but i, I still think he's someone that's going to be a guy for this team absolutely yeah he's he's a player that a lot of people forget about you know when you're talking about the secondary and safeties in particular the, the guy's extremely versatile and he's proven that seventh round pick i mean he's not the most physical guy you're not going to want him down by the line of scrimmage but still he is a valuable piece of the puzzle. Uh, the next question, Michael, is, my gosh, the next time we talk on next Friday, are, we, are they going to have a strong safety signing or are we still going to be talking about this? I, I almost have a prediction with this. And, uh, like, to not bring up uh, the Honey Badger's name again, uh, I'll just use the nickname. There you go. He wants to wait till after the draft. That's the report. And if the Steelers aren't signing anyone, to me, if the Steelers don't draft a safety and they don't sign someone and the 
and they make it through the draft. To me, that says, all right, well, we know who the target is, honestly. But I, I don't know if they'll have a safety next week. And uh, Terrell Edmonds probably makes the most sense still at this point, and he really always has, but it still hasn't gotten done. And I feel like if it was going to be Terrell Edmonds, it would have gotten done. But I still think it's going to be a veteran over a rookie. So who knows what it will eventually end up being. But I think at some point they will sign a vet. Uh, if it's a star, like some of us hope, like me, <laughs> um, it remains to be seen. So we'll have to sit back and see see how it goes. But I honestly would not be surprised if they don't have a safety um, on this team a week from now when we chat again. Well, what is the point of him waiting to after the draft? That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. So I've got to, like, from what I've read, it's more along the lines of he wants to be able to go to go to a team uh, that is kind of primed to win. Like they have a good draft, uh, a team that's still like in a winning direction with a winning formula, but has the need for him. Um, so I, I think my understanding here is he wants to sit back, watch rosters come together, see who has an, a, an opening and then join that team. Um, the thing that bodes well for the Steelers is there's not too many teams that still need safety desperately. And someone's going to draft Kyle Hamilton and Lewis sign and a few of these other top safeties and won't need a strong safety. So in that sense, it's great for the Steelers because they're not going to have to worry about uh, competing uh, big time money for Tyron Matthew. Well, but if, yeah, if they put all their eggs into that basket and he says, yeah, that roster is not what I want. Then the Steelers could be SOL. And that's the last thing that they want. And it makes it makes signing Terrell Edmonds more attractive, in my opinion, but that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, all right, Mike, well, I'll let you out of here. You can go ahead and uh, say something to the Ryder Die crew before we let you go. Okay. Um, ladies and gentlemen, just uh, just enjoy this process. Uh, we're screaming towards the draft, and the Steelers could still pretty much do anything. So this is still going to be one of the more exciting off-seasons, uh, like we've talked about uh, for weeks now. So um, just, just hang in there. Moves are coming. They're still going to be made. It's still an exciting time to be a Steelers fan. So. Just enjoy it. I, I think some pretty good times are ahead. I hope so. I hope so. But, Michael, I want to thank you for your time as always, and uh, we'll see you next Friday. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, take it easy. See ya. A big thank you, as always, to Michael Beck for taking the time to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, the black and the gold. I always enjoy joking around with Michael and getting his take on things, especially as the NFL draft is coming up on the horizon. But that's not what I wanted to talk about from my heart to heart. As I always finish out the week every Friday, my heart to heart today is for Steeler fans in general. Now, the, I understand uh, wholeheartedly, I understand this, that Steeler fans are sometimes just Steeler fans. I often am asked, especially living in Maryland, they'll say, oh, are you a Steeler fan? And I always have the same response. You could ask my wife. My response is always, well, I'm a Pittsburgh fan. And they say, oh, and I said, well, I like the Steelers, the Pirates, and the Penguins. I'm not just a Steeler fan. I love the Steelers, but I also like the Penguins and the Pirates. And so I wanted to talk about, you know, the Steeler fan base, we all know it can be fickle. We all know they can be frustrating. But ultimately, the fan base can also be very spoiled. But I want you to understand something about the organization. And this goes to Penguin fans as well. At least you have a team that is going out there and an organization that is trying. I'm talking about an organization that is going to spend up to that cap every single year. They're going to do whatever they can with the finances and the draft picks that they have to improve the team, try to build a championship contender. That's their objective. And when you look at the Pittsburgh Pirates, and they are the second lowest payroll, they have the second lowest payroll in the major leagues. Now, mind you, Major League Baseball does not have a salary cap. 
So you have the LA Dodgers spending $240 million on their roster. And you have the Baltimore Orioles at the lowest at $30 million and the Pirates at $35. And you have the Pittsburgh Pirates who are squabbling about millions of dollars to pay the best player on their team in Brian Reynolds, a switch hitting outfielder, young guy, perfect to build around. And there, there's talks of him trading. By the time you listen to this, he might already be traded. I think San Diego was a team that was interested. I want you, as a Steeler fan, to take this and think about, wow, Like at least the Steelers are a team that always tries. <clears throat> they don't have, quote-unquote, bridge years. They don't have seasons where they literally are putting out a product that they know is going to be awful. The Steelers don't function that way. And every single one of us that is a fan should think the same exact thing. Thank you. Thank you for at least giving us, the fan base, a reason to watch every year and a reason to be engaged in the offseason and a reason to always have hope. Because on the other side of that town, actually, just on the other side of the parking lot, is a team at PNC Park and the Pirates that doesn't do any of it. They don't spend money. They don't care. All they do is draft players for other teams to trade, and it is a sick cycle. And so, Steeler fans, be thankful that you like the Steelers. Be thankful that they are an organization that has a never-quit, never-say-die attitude, and they will always do whatever they can to get the best product on the football field. Be thankful for that. Because trust me, if you're a Pirate fan, you know what it's like. All right, folks, that does it for me. Uh, It's Friday. Have a great weekend. I will be back on Monday for a very special Monday morning conversation. You'll have to check that out. We're going to be talking about some Brian Flores on Monday, unless some news breaks. So make sure you're uh, tuning in to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe and follow. You know how we finished out here, folks. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.